Hey everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show with today's guest, Greg McGee, Principal in Charge of Lendlease Boston. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is the podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. In today's episode, we cover a lot of ground from mass timber, including all the work and study that Lendlease um, has put into this, you know, into this new technology that I'm really excited about, um, as well as their focus on innovation and their supporting of employee-based innovation, kind of what their employees are doing and how they support them with uh, technology, engineering, and capital, frankly, to get those ideas off the ground. We also talk about super tall buildings and what the Boston office is up to. Uh, I think this was a great talk with Greg, and I think you should really hang around to hear his answer to my typical end of the show of kind of, you know, what do you see over the next 12 to 24 months? And really maybe it's a few years, but, um, I thought uh, Greg gave an interesting answer to that. Enjoy the show. Greg, welcome to the Mass Construction Show. Thank you for having me. So, Greg, um, I want you to come in for um, a number of reasons. We're going to kind of go all over the map here. Uh, Just check and make sure we're good on record. Yep. Um, but just for people that may not be aware of Lendlease, and I think even if somebody's aware of Lendlease, I don't think they might, especially locally, they might not truly understand the, you know, breadth and scope of um, what you guys are doing. So just really quickly, uh, you guys are a global construction and real estate firm. Think like Skanska. Skanska does a lot of uh, development for themselves mm-hmm. as well. Um, you guys are the number one multifamily um, by ENR for at least the past couple of decades, which is interesting globally now. We're talking globally at this point. Um, you have an office locally here in Boston. And I just looked and I thought for like quick reference so people could kind of um, have names they're familiar with. So looking globally, um, interesting, the top 10, I don't think I recognize one name. There are a lot of China and Japan and all kinds of other countries. But out of names that people might recognize, Skanska was number 16, AECOM 33, you guys, Lendlease was 41, Keyword 44, Gilbane 62. Okay. Right? So for people that are listening, that's kind of um, where Lendlease falls globally, locally. Um, you know, you guys have ebbed and flowed. There was a stretch there. Now, uh, full disclosure, I was a former uh, Bovis, then Bovis Lendlease employee, and I think there was Lendlease when I was very last leaving, um, but, you know, the original Millennium Tower, uh, Ritz-Carlton on Boston Common, as well as multiple other Millenniums, 33 Arch Street, 500 Atlantic Ave, um, the Boston Research Center for Merck Pharmaceuticals over in the Longwood area, um, locally now, uh, Pfizer. The Cambridge Crossing project, interestingly enough, I don't think it technically falls under that, but Wood Partners, you guys built a building for them right on the cusp of Cambridge Crossing, 22 Water Street. Um, people look at that now. What did you call it? The Checker Building? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. That's what, that's what it looks like. Yeah, 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 that's what it looks like. from the highway. So. Yep. Um, and now currently you guys are finishing up, um, well, not you're probably a year or so away from finishing up yeah. Clippership Wharf. Uh, four buildings, multi, um, you know, multi-use, but predominantly residential, condos, sure, yeah. apartments. Uh, I want to say north of 200 million, yes. and uh, you're on that last building now, building four. Correct, building right. four. Yeah. So, slip, uh, slip 45. 
Slip 45. Yeah, and then you guys, what else is there? There's some kind of unique stuff, right? Don't you have like a boat launch and what, what's it? There's a uh, kayak launch uh, down at the end of Building 3, which is six, Slip 65, uh, 65 Lewis Street. Um, and then there's three locations that will be some type of cafe, restaurant, bar uh, that they're in the process of trying to rent out uh, now. Two have full black iron. One does not have black iron. So okay. figure that out. Is there a is then isn't there gonna be like a harbor walk piece that happens there or is that not part of the yeah the harbor walk continues um, it'll come down uh, it's half of it's done now when we finish building four we'll come back and it'll connect to pier uh, uh, pier six or not pier six uh, uh, rose wharf next door no <laughs> sorry yeah. um, what is it? Roseland next door okay yeah. um, so that'll go all the way around okay. um, and I actually like the I don't, it's not really a courtyard, but there's like that center green space. Because I think you're living downtown, urban environment. You're also on the water with like a nice piece of green space. It's a, it's quite a project. I think it's... They should have, they should, we should put up one of those like selfie things with the address because everyone just comes there and takes take, selfie pictures take, of the city because it is the, it is the view the of, spot. of Boston. It's uh, in the... If people don't recognize the sunsets in this town, they have beautiful sunsets yeah. <laughs> from East Boston. Yeah. And you like you joke, but that's actually not a bad idea, right? If you could if you could hijack that somehow. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Actually, this is completely off the cuff. We didn't talk about this at all, but um, and I know it's not exactly in your wheelhouse, but they on one of the buildings they did something unique, right? They went with the Australian method of leasing well do you, do you know enough about the, that um the sales yeah of, um slip 65 which was the first condo that we did 80 units uh was a, an auction if you will for the mm-hmm. first 40 units um in australia b- condo buildings there's no real rental market market in australia mm-hmm. and so everyone the concept is you you know save up you buy an apartment and you rent it and so large groups uh so they do this auction before they even start construction for almost everything in in, in Australia, and so uh, they brought it here. Uh, Joe Vincent, who was uh, Australian that had done it there for Lendlease, came here and uh, they sold 40 units over the weekend, uh, 2016, 2000, yeah, 2016. So this uh, is before shovel in the ground. Oh, uh, we were in you construction. In the yeah, we didn't. Uh, they didn't. We didn't wait that long to do it, but it was. Uh, uh, definitely, it. I couldn't understand it, <laughs> but uh, they're sold, all occupied uh, now. So, uh, and then the forty we sold traditionally. The other forty we sold traditionally, building, um, uh, sort of building uh, four. We did a weekend where they did the auction a little bit. Now everything else is traditional. Uh, so. So I know it's not wasn't your process, but. So what happens? Someone comes in, they look at floor plans wasn't i almost remember there being like a wasn't that you told me this or somebody told me this probably over a year ago so i'm going off of memory but wasn't there almost like a lottery kind of thing where you yeah. got a number and you either had to take it or leave it or you you put down you listed out what you're looking for two bedroom two bath one bedroom one bath whatever it was and then you you ranked it and then you ranked the rows in the building right the the runs the 05 the 06 they're all the same and obviously the price changes from top to bottom, right? right. Uh, and so you would put where you thought your price point was, where you felt comfortable. You ranked all that stuff, and they went back, put it in a matrix. And you might not have been the high bidder on what your number one priority was, two bedroom, two baths, you know, sunset view, whatever it might be. Uh, and then 
you went in and you said yes or no, this is the number. Are you gonna, you know, you gonna you gonna buy it? And if not, okay, do you want to drop down a floor or you want to move to another, you know, and so. So there's no, the, the typical bidding process we would go through here in the States where you're like, I'll give you this. And then they're like, here, here it is. Take Correct. it, leave so it. Correct. There was a range that you decided, right, as mm-hmm. the buyer, as a consumer. You, you said what you were comfortable with and then, um, you know, ranked it against other people doing the same, same concept. It was, it, it's pretty interesting to talk to Nick and his team. Uh, they, uh. Uh, I think it was for sure the first time I had ever heard of it being done, but uh, mm. uh, pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, I remember you saying that all oh, this will never work, and I would have said the same thing. I said no one's gonna. They, but I couldn't believe it. Two two days, a Saturday and a Sunday, they sold forty units. It's amazing. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah, with a, and at pre construction. Correct. Right. Yeah, there was no walking units. <laughs> yeah, I really wonder. I mean, the, did you get a sense, or did Lundlees get a sense? Was it? Um, foreign buyers or was it local buyers? Because I would think as a local buyer, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with Lo- that. But Local buyers capped percentage of investment. I'm not sure what that percentage was, but it was, uh, um, so no, it wasn't, I mean, it was local money, local people moved in. Yeah. There's not, there's not many that are full-time empty. Hmm. Um, and uh, some are back on the market at yeah. this point. What, what were you talking about? Capped percentage? What did you just say there? Uh, percentage of rental. You could like, oh, okay. I guess it's right. always like not everyone could buy it as a rental. Like, and I so, you. Uh, you had to get in line, and there's still I don't know what the cap is, but there was a percentage of uh, units that could be rented. Okay, so setting up and giving people an understanding of what you guys do globally, what you've what you have done locally. What's um, what's Lindley's current approach to the Boston Boston market? Well, our approach for development is large urban region right that's mm-hmm. that's kind of where uh, Nick and his team feel that they have the, the best uh, ability value add is to uh, you know get into the large projects um, you know the big nastier dirtier you know property the, the better off for us and clippership is a prime example of all of those uh, all of those components um, and that carries through in Chicago New York is a little bit different uh, mm-hmm. in that looking single buildings in New York uh, but here it's trying to find what what we can turn into a few buildings in a you know phased um, concept uh, of construction okay. and uh, carry it through right it's a large urban regeneration and the thought about being bigger dirtier nastier is that is that something where you feel like because you have the capital you can undertake that where a local local mid or smaller size developer wouldn't have those resources is that kind of the, yes. the logic we, there we have, yes that we have the ability financially to uh use the full breadth of lend lease uh global to uh to, to work through those things and, and use all the different um, components that we have. I think that's uh, something, um, you know, right now, you know, we talk about it, but the innovation, trying to figure out how do we, we've done this in Australia for a long time. The, the development side of Lendlease is new in the U.S. in the last six years, seven mm-hmm. years. Um, and so we're, you know, Still trying start to up in that realm, if, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and so, yeah, just trying to find your way, and uh, uh, the construction side has been in the U.S. for a long time this yes. year, a, yeah. a testament to. So, Actually, there you go. Yeah, there's, there's the there's uh, bird right there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. When you first showed up, were you, it was a hummingbird? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I still have a. I have the book. I have the Boas book that uh, was from the UK. It started off as a furniture company. I think you you, you yeah. might know that. So I still have that book somewhere. I think I recently saw it. So and that's on the hummingbird on it. So yeah, that's wild. Uh, um, so that's the development side of things. Um, but then on the construction side, you do the piece where you the development you will work for the development, but then also like you know third party third party. Um, you guys do a fair amount of pharmaceutical right now. You're working with Pfizer, I want to say, up in Andover, North Andover, or whatever it is. Correct. Um, how do you see, what would you like that percentage, or what, do you, what does it look like the percentage is going to be moving forward? Is it 50-50? Is it, uh, would you like it to be, not, you, you can never tell how it pans out, but would you like it to be more one way than the other? What's, what's kind of the thought process? You know, the... The answer is it's probably only ever going to get to 50, 50, 70, 30, uh, 70, third party, 30 in-house. It depends on the market currently, right? I mean, mm-hmm. who got, who's, who's got different projects? Chicago is very development invested right now. They've got a couple really big urban regen projects going on. New York just finished one. They've got one more tower starting in the near future. Uh, L.A. and San Francisco, it's about to be a little crazy in some parts out there with the Google um, uh, in San Jose. Um, so, you know, when I talked with development six years ago, when I started, I started in New York working on the um, 277 Fifth Avenue project where uh, they were, that was the first development in New York. And uh, the Australian team was like, yeah, we would see that we would be 40% of the construction business and hasn't, has not got to that yet. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in Chicago, I bet it's probably closer to 30 than it is uh, 20. Um, so it's there's no reason why we wouldn't, you know, go one way or the other. There are projects where they do hire a third party to uh, to, to build for them if it's out out of our wheelhouse, out of our area, mm-hmm. um, and so that works as well. You know, that, okay. that that works. So it's very flexible. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, one of the other big things that I've kind of admired about Len Lease's um, innovation. And I mean, they're definitely aggressive on the innovation front and we can talk about that more big picture. Um, but narrowing down a little bit, like they were one of the first people on the mass timber fronts. I don't know if that was a derivative of them being global and they had done it in Australia and England and kind of brought it here or... Um, you know, they definitely seem like they're investing heavily, pushing. It's funny, they have a, and not that I'm telling you that this, but they have a um, Timber and Innovations group yes. within uh, Lundlease itself. Um, so as much as they are looking at it, as it seems like they think it's a promising option. Um, is there a strategy with, with Mass Timber? Yeah, I mean, the Mass Timber in the U.S. started with our uh, PAL, our uh, Partnership Army Lodging, I think that's the right acronym. Um, building hotels for ourselves for the U.S. military, and so finding in the overall time and effort, energy cost, this was the way. This is the the way, and we've built four or five, and we're going to start our six soon. Uh, CLT um, um, extended hotel, extended yeah. stay extended hotels. Yeah. We've now gotten into pods with those, which you know we're now we're just trying to you know how how fast can we with the bathrooms, uh, how 
how fast can we actually get these buildings okay. up and, and turned over. So you're bringing um, the prefab in with the yeah, mass with timber? The, with okay. the mass timber. Um, and for us, it, turn, it turns into that it's an overall order of magnitude savings, right? Because we've got everything. We, we manage every part of it from the beginning to the end. Um, and so if you can get these things done 30% faster in the structure, and that turns into two months faster for every portion of this, that's a significant order of magnitude money, right? I mean, it's mm. not necessarily just the just the construction portion of it, um, getting it open in heads and beds um, is, you know, what they see. And plus, it's we believe that it's the safer way of doing it, right? You can put everything on the floor, pick it up, put it in place. The guardrails are already there. Um, the windows have, you know, all these things uh, take pl- take place um, on the ground and. Uh, the mass timber in Australia is referred to the design make team. They design it and they make it. Uh, hmm. And so I think trying to get bring that here is the strategy, trying to get it outside of just our military lodging. We have a fair amount of experience uh, in that in the U.S. Um, in these kind of remote places, these are army bases. Um, so these have More not rural. been... Rural. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these are... Uh, <laughs> not downtown, you know, Boston, mm-hmm. uh, but trying to figure out, you know, partner with people. And, and we think that this is the next innovation. Right? It's not the next, but this is it, right? The code yeah. changes in 2021. Yep. Um, and so it's a, it's, if you haven't ever seen one, you've got to go see one. It's, yeah. they are beautiful. Yeah. I, um, and I think the first panels are getting set in November on one project. Oddly enough, um, so it's been nice for me because I want to say it was like probably four, four and a half years ago I started talking about Mass Timber saying, hey, this seems like it's promising, seems like an interesting. Massachusetts did not have it at all. And it wasn't, the ninth edition had not come out yet, I want to say. Okay. So it wasn't an option. Um, so it's, it's been fun for me to see it kind of come to fruition after talking about it. And then oddly enough, I've written two NFPA 241 plans okay. for mass timber buildings in Boston. So now they're the only ones that I know about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm wondering if there's more out there that I'm just not seeing. I think it would be odd if I happened to get the only two and I'm just <laughs> a one person um, individual. But um, it's been fun to see it it, it develop. It's definitely, it, you're right, it's, it is here. That's why I started talking about it because you said it's not really something that's coming it's here it's certainly growing right um someone's an organization a developer has something that fits into this thing right right now office seems to be something that makes sense uh, just because it's comparable to steel right mm-hmm. six-story stick built to six-story clt is kind of a tough connection right cost-wise mm-hmm. um not Insurmountable, but definitely um, it's closer to steel than it is stick frame, yeah. uh, resi, um, and plus we I believe that in the six six story resi three uh, A the floors is going to be where you can, you're going to get it in the core and the floors and get rid of the open web you know joists mm-hmm. do this saves so much time and effort you know expose whatever you got to expose because the um, per the code but I think that's where it is but the office is something where 
once you get to eight stories, nine stories, ten stories in CLT resi, mm-hmm. you're back to making sense because you've gotten out of stick frame and you've gotten into you know concrete or steel or light gauge, um, and so um, but a six story. Okay. Is yeah, that's that's falling very in line with some other people that I've talked to that are looking at it just like any technology like Procopio companies when they were talking about using an infinity system, mm-hmm. say all of these systems have the right use case for them you know it's right for this it's not right for that it's you know if you need really long spans or whatever you still have to put steel in there right um so and and that's interesting so on the office front you can um it makes sense more on a low rise but stick frame or residential it needs to be a taller structure because the shorter ones you can do stick frame and just from a cost perspective it doesn't it doesn't make sense Correct, and I, one day I would believe that it would come down. But I agree too. Uh, yep. But all the codes right now, you know, if you're going to do everything in CLT, you're covering everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then, so then it's almost well, what's the well, point? Yeah, why, why did we do this? Uh, yeah. But nonetheless, uh, the project we do do outside of you know uh, is following local code in Alabama or New York or wherever. So it's not mm. just because we're on a military base doesn't mean we make our own rules right um so and what you're referring to for people just is just for people listening um so if you are on state property or federal property um if you're on state property you don't need a um, local building permit you would get a state building permit federal buildings i don't even know if they have a permitting process but um if you're in a federal building the local municipality has no jurisdiction over um, that construction, but a lot of times the federal government or whatever will defer anyway and say, okay, we'll get a permit. Like interesting, when I was a building inspector, um, Federal Reserve Building, okay. we did almost no construction permits in there. Um, a lot of times they would want fire alarm inspections because the fire department would be the one responding in an issue. So they say, okay, well, we're going to get fi- Boston Fire to come do inspections and we'll bring the building department for that for the fire alarm interface but um, the Japanese consulate has some space in there they were doing a fit out and the Japanese consulate said no we want local building permits on all this so I did was doing the inspection on the consulate but yeah so what you're referring to even though it's a federal space you're still complying with all the local codes now how about um, so I've read a little bit about the Huntsville Alabama um, hotel you guys built and you can get surface information do you have any deeper data on what um, you know what were some of the numbers like as far as cost time yeah. savings that type of thing I'm trying to find something the um, it was 30% faster in structure than typical and it was also I think 50% less manpower than the traditional um, stick frame uh Construction because that would have still was four stories to would have been three A uh, construction, um, and the timing was the first one. As time has gone on, the the learning curve is caught up, if you will, and so um, they're able to save you know some neighborhood of two months in total t- duration in, in building these um, CLT um, hotels. Um, which, like I said, order of magnitude, everyone, it's, it's substantial. Uh, 
when I think of the construction standpoint, I'm like, okay, it's, you know, GCs, GRs for that amount of time because I bought it, you know, that way. And so, you know, you're talking about just this little chunk, but then when you start talking about architect, engineer, you know, all the different things that, that, that fit into it and you're getting people in the room two, two months, you know, 60 days sooner and getting income off that two months sooner than, you know, that's, uh, that's substantial. Yeah, uh, and not just income, money. right? You would probably get out of a construction loan, so you're bringing down your 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 Correct. month monthly cost on carrying costs, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, you start t- tallying all that up. It's Correct, substantial. And so when you talk to the, the those teams, and that's really what the you know where they and I say order of magnitude a lot, but that's literally where they say that it just laundry list of things and you even if it's ten dollars from everyone at the end of the day it's that adds significant up. yeah um, so i mean we're talking 30 percent, 50 percent, and we're just kind of saying those numbers almost as like a throwaway but that would stop yourself on that it's and say 50 percent reduction in man Cost. hours Correct, yeah. yeah yeah for the structure that's mm-hmm. substantial um and i think and correct me if i'm wrong here i would imagine your numbers are um, it's very kind of clean data. It's really quality because you've done, you are repeating these buildings over and over. So you're not like, oh, we're assuming this is how long it would take and this seems like half. You've got good data because you're building these things over and over again, right? Correct. And this this one was the one, uh, well, there's a few of them to talk about, but this was a 63,000 square feet uh, hotel in 2015. That was at a, a, a Redstone. In Alabama, Redstone Arsenal. So we've got another six-story CLT starting in Fort Drum in a few months. Um, no, Fort Bragg. Excuse me, Fort Drum's in New York. We finished that one uh, a little while ago. I'm not the CLT expert. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it's, uh, it's it's been a good thing for us, and we mm-hmm. definitely believe that it's you know it's here, and we've just got to you know find the right partnership and uh, uh, we have the data but you've got to go in <laughs> you've got to go in you know with the plan of doing CLT to like use your money and then have to go back is that's just you lost you're, you're losing the benefit of yeah it. so you need that buy-in up front from yeah. the owner saying this is what we want to do and if they can get behind it it's yeah it's showing to be a huge success for you guys we, we believe so yes and I you know there's we're not the only people building CLT clearly but uh um, Everything will come down once more of it starts happening. The codes change. You get more suppliers. You get more people around it. Um, so it's uh, it'd be the same thing as like age, right? You can't. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to swing back around and change uh, one way or the other. But once you can start building taller with the CLT, that's yeah. That's oh, I mean, I th- I really think the governor's gonna come off of this thing because. Um, and this is what you were just alluding to, which is supply chain is an issue, right? Because because the codes weren't there, people were hesitant to build, mm-hmm. right? So therefore, there were was not people producing the product. So a lot of times they're buying it from, at least or in this area, you're buying it from Nordique out of Canada, right? Bring it here. But once more people start building with it, then locally, like Maine is pushing really hard to get a CLT factory. I'm sure that's probably going to be the next place. They'll open one there. Now you get more product online. Once it starts getting used, now you have subcontractors that become more familiar with it. Because that's what's, I think, interesting about the Alabama numbers. That was building it locally with 
presumably people that had never built with the product before, right? Correct. Um, Steelworkers seem to that, that's the closest connection. You know, some of these connections is, is falling as if it was steel. So, um, and you know, they they figured it out clearly, and so they've uh, continued to. Uh, uh, to keep that process going, uh, I think the next one will actually be built with, um, you know, a different group than who's built the last few. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But what's interesting is that would be iron workers with screw guns, <laughs> right? That's that's what they're using yeah. to put these things together. So, um, yeah, I think the fact that you guys got that drastic of an improvement in time and man hours with a, um, and I don't mean this as an unsophisticated workforce, just because no one's ever used a project before, not because they weren't sophisticated builders, um, is quite impressive. So I think you factor in all those things, supply chain gets better, workforce gets better, more people start building, that only pushes more people to start, I think we're going to start getting an upward spiral, and I think the code changes really um, will be a big driver of that. Um, now, interestingly, you guys explored, so the four buildings at Clippership, you looked at it, you know, originally what you're telling me was for all the buildings, but then you took a really hard look at it for the fourth building. Correct. Um, what was what was the thought process there? And, can I, and I'm going to ask you two of them here just to make it more confusing. Do you guys bring in the innovation and the timber and innovation group. So let's say you're looking at one. Do you say, okay, let's bring in our timber people? Yes. So we can get the data and get the knowledge. Absolutely. And, okay, that's yeah. that's huge. We, we, we have to rely on the experts, if you will, on that. Mm. So. But they're in-house. Correct. Right. And so that, you're not that going goes all the way back to Australia as well. Mm. Uh, so we've got in-house U.S. and then they there's more additional experts in, in Australia. So using both those groups, but obviously the, the group out of Nashville is, you know, the... the closest group of experts for for this so yeah we uh, uh and actually they use me as a resource it's like they they would take over and then you know i would end up hiring them as a subcontractor if you will okay um and so we looked at that it was already designed it was already done out of traditional and so now you keep looking at you know, you've got to you, you've got to make the decision that you want to do it and, and go forward um, from, you know, it's already permitted, everything was done. And so we took, uh, you know, we took a hard look at it to see if it was, we're going to get the benefit out of it. Once again, the benefit is not covering it up with sheetrock or not mm-hmm. all of it with sheetrock. Yeah. Um, and because so, <laughs> it really is a, an attractive building. Oh yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, with, without covering it all in sheetrock. So, um, I think if the city had, you know, if the code, not the city, but if the codes had been a little less stringent, maybe it would have been a little bit easier to, to make a decision in a, in a short period of time. Mm. Uh, we also had some windows of timing so that we could get it done by a specific time as well. So mm. as, <laughs> as that process was going on, the window is getting smaller Closer, and smaller. Faster. And so we yeah. then had, just had to make a decision. We went obviously back to stick build if you will because I remember it was funny when that was all going on this is when you and I first met Um, obviously I knew a lot of well at least people that I used to work with before and um, that are still there now but um, when you guys reached out to me it was it was weird timing I was at an event and someone that worked for the city knew I was talking like kind of into mass timber Mm -hmm. 
And he came up to me and said, hey, you know, Lend-Lease is thinking about doing mass timber out at Clipper Ship. And I was like, oh, huh, wow, okay, that would be cool if that happened, right? Uh-huh. And then shortly after, it was Dan or whoever reached out and said, hey, ancient, you can come in and talk. We want to, like, see if you can help us with some code-related stuff and things. And I'm like, oh, they must be asking me to help them with the mass timber. timber." It ended up being something completely different. Um, But, um, shit, I forgot where I was going with that. But, um, yeah, I think that the approach, what you were describing there about the code and um, how the municipality will feel about it, I think it's a good point for people to take in, right? There's some of the stuff that we're doing is science, but the reality is there's some art or finesse in here because back then when you were thinking about it, the the response you probably would have got from the municipality would have been much different than today. Correct. Right? And that's just sentiment that's kind of changed, right? 16 months, probably. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more, but nothing. People have now learned, heard about it. Oh, hey, there's going to be more. We're going to be building high rises. What it is? I bet you you'd probably get a much more like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that, which is before 18 months ago, whatever, you would have got, you know, uh, what are you going to build this out of and not on trust that and go to the Board of Appeals. And if it was a bigger building now, we're not building high rises out of wood. They're going to burn down. You know, so a lot of that is um, just an education process, right? Absolutely. And I think we're at the point where the tide's starting to turn and people are realizing that, hey, this isn't something crazy. It's being done all over the world. Correct. Um, we're the last of the party in this in this realm. Yeah. No, that's no, very and true. the East Coast is last of the party because it's been going on in the West, the West Coast, Coast, right? Yep. But there's also more suppliers. It's been going, you know, like it's actually more of a thing. In, on the West Coast, obviously, yeah. so uh, and, it'll come. Yeah, and when you talk about bringing in the innovation group almost as like a subcontractor to yourself, that's what's happening now for everybody, right? So when UMass Amherst did their building, um, they brought in Benson Wood okay. out of New Hampshire, who had worked with it. The contractor was signatory, contractor was something, they were signatory um, with Union Carpenters, so it had to be built Union Carpenters, but they brought Benson in just to act as a consultant because they were the only yeah. ones that ever built with it locally, right? So um, that's kind of the norm right now. We're at that yes. phase where, like, you need to acquire that knowledge somehow, whether you're flying in from Tennessee or driving down from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to acquire that knowledge. And having access to that knowledge, I think, is, I think gives you guys a little bit of a competitive advantage. That's just my opinion. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Yeah, I, absolutely. At least I, I certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh but as I said, like you've got to go back to the design side of it, right? You you work in, you know, everyone, the architects work in uh, bays, right? Just like steel or concrete, whatever. Like mm-hmm. wood has its own nuances of, of size bays and ply and all these things. And what's the cheapest to get right now? What, you know, all these things that go into it when you're just from, like, go back to designing it, right? You're like mm-hmm. 22 might not be the right number, you know, for 22-foot uh, bays or, you yeah. know, you know what? What do we need to do to make this most cost effective? Uh, and it's retooling the whole group. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's not just the person putting it in, right? You can go design all till you're blue in the face, and it turns out no, that was the most non-cost effective way of going about it. Um, because we've learned in concrete and steel, for the most part, what's the most cost effective uh, yeah. way, and 
you talk to subcontractors, no one to talk to here, right? As you're, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have to go talk to people that have done it. Yeah, you get steel and concrete and light frame down to a science, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think the piece that gets missing, though, right? So when you're doing apples to apples on cost and speed and schedule and all that stuff, you can do that, right? And comparing, well, what do I want for ceiling heights? All those measurable kind of things mm-hmm. you can do. Um, but I think the uh, yeah, but is the sustainability piece yeah. and yes. the wellness piece with the biophilia and all that kind of stuff. And those are the more um, non-tangible to some degree as much as you can yeah, embody carbon or whatever you might say. There's science there or something like that. Um, so those are the... Um, those are the additional pieces that are hard to quantify. Yeah, touchy feely <laughs> portions, but yes. I think if it's close, it's if the numbers are close, and the sustainability and wellness and uh, architecturally pleasing result, I think can really kind of put that Absolutely. over the finish line. Definitely right? value add and you know a, a sense of I'm getting something different here. I'm getting you know I'm getting all those aspects that you know in this traditional stick built. You're you're not you're getting not the same it. things, right? Yeah. So uh, people are willing. To Potentially pay a premium for that. For that. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything you guys are looking at locally with Mass Timber? I know I was saying I've written a couple of plans for them. Or is anybody even kicking the tires on things? Or you know, as as we go through the you know urban regen concept, yes, there's usually a building, if not depending on you know scale, um, as the code changes in the near future, it'll be a little bit easier to do um, uh, nine story. Um, out of uh, CLT as well. And so, yeah, there's usually some component of what we're looking at that we want to do out of CLT just because, you know, for all the same reasons, we, we faster, discussed. you know, mm-hmm. um, um, super so you, safer. Okay. So you have, you've at least locally done some exercises at least about cost yeah. on projects and things? Correct. And so um, it's hard to totally nail it down until you, you know, but as a general rule, we get up the information from, uh, you know, from the CLT group and talk numbers and we can, you know, put numbers mm-hmm. into the performance, see where it, see where it lays out. And, uh, I think in the next few years, as time goes on, then it'll start being more and more of that. If we're, we're doing uh, three 12 story buildings, maybe they're all CLT, and, mm-hmm. you know, instead of one being an eight story CLT and the other two being steel or concrete. Yeah. On what's going now on. I forget what was the, I was bummed cause I couldn't go to it. The mass timber group. What do they call it? Yeah, T three or something. High five. Uh, yeah, high five. High five, at MIT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. H Y five. H Y five. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. H Y five. Um, that's a local group. That's interesting. There, a group that consists of MIT, SGH, I think Sean Lee. Like, a, so it's yes. a group of builders, designers, academics, all looking at how it is. It's a focus group of CLT. It's I, I was in, in, invited and I was couldn't have been happier to, to get to go. They mm. they have put a lot of time and effort into it, trying to you know get people interested in it. At the end of the day, they're looking mm. for a developer too to you know who's gonna who's gonna sign on to to do it and um, kick the tires on it. And uh, um, they've got they've got good information, and so uh, you know I, I I hope it happens, and I hope it happens uh, soon. Yeah. Um, but they've definitely uh, goes into some of the innovation as well, right? I mean, they're able to 
not just them, but able to design something and to do like 16 versions of it in through you know artificial intelligence and, and determine that yep this is the most cost effective you know uh, layout for a apartment house or, or whatever it is that they're looking at and so as technology increases and there's you know there's there's an appetite for the CLT right well coming right behind it is all the technology that's going to make it even easier and better for, for, for everyone to, to come up with this. And so uh, it's uh, kind of happening at the same time. And I think once the, those two are going to meet and it's going to, it's going to really, you know, as you said, take the governor off, it's going to go. Yeah. I think um, I want to say, it was, I, I'm pretty sure Harvard, I'm hundred percent sure that they're exploring a mass timber building. I think MIT is exploring one as well. Uh, right now, UMass Amherst is the only one that, uh, only academic institution that in the state that has one. But that seems, if you, I'm sure in all your research, that those are the people that are willing to, you know, step out there, the schools, you know, and. and yeah, because you, you look through at. Through the U.S., I mean, you can look at that. And, yeah, and I, there are other acad- academic buildings that are building with it in other states. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you look at the investment Harvard's made in sustainability and now making in wellness, it's like they're willing to put their Wallet money where their mouth is, right? Um, so, and, and they also have that luxury of time, a little more time, right? Whereas a developer might be looking at like, I don't have time to mess with this. Mm-hmm. I need to break ground on such and such day and I need to put heads and beds on such and such a date. You know, let's go. I don't have time to do that yet, right? Um, so, it's... Spinning in the background and, it, you know, couple of them are going to figure it out and you know mm-hmm. it might not be in boston it might be you know surrounding area where that city's you know has a little bit different approach to it or something mm-hmm. i would see but uh yeah but i think uh, for people that are people can if you're a developer and you are interested in exploring mass timber reach out to me i can try and put you in touch with the hy5 um folks they are looking to work with developers to try and make um mass timber a reality and greg can attest to the group um so let's, if you don't mind, um, zoom out a bit and talk more just innovation in general. Um, I've had multiple people from Lendley reach out about ideas that they are currently working on. One is a gentleman who was out in California looking at trying to build an app to assess um, fire risk in a building, right. right? And I think it was... He was hoping it would be proprietary, so I can't share everything he was thinking about doing. But he started telling me that you guys have like an internal support system where they will sometimes provide dollars or engineering or whatever to help their own employees create um, uh, absolutely new uh, products. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, what are you guys doing? So we have, uh, I mean, we have, I mean, a department of, of uh, innovation, um, and. Uh, we have hackathons a couple times a year, which is, you know, put a group of people in a room, you know, come up with, you know, everyone has an idea, let's, what can we, what can we solve? And so uh, a few of them have come to fruition. We, um, you know, that, that, that app is something where uh, we see a need for it. And so um, put as many experts together, you know, as we can. Um, the wellness pod was the first that we've done, which is uh, oh, tell me. a, uh, like it's like a it's like hot running water bathroom you know like it's a it's a it's not a porta john it's like a like a pod that you can put on different floors it's made out of you know 
uh, fiberglass and it's conditioned, if you will. So it's a place to use use the facilities, if you will. But it's not a port of john, and it's not it's plywood shack. You, yeah, you can put it through the building, right? And so uh, still, you know, it's a temp bathroom at the end of the day. But it's uh, but it you can make it at mass, and you can you can put them on the floors, and um, you know, it's believe it or not, wellness for the people that are doing that, you know, building these things. It's, That's fantastic. It seems like you know, you're like people are still using porta johns outside in the winter like this is, like, this is not a good thing for for the people that are doing the, this hard work and so uh, wellness pods we also um, high-rise um, netting if you will between the cocoon going by and the windows going in uh, and you know during the window installation how do we still keep the workers and everything Inside and protected, and so uh, uh, I went to down to something in New York a few weeks ago where they've you know got railings that that move up and down, so you can still get a window through on a on a table and get the window up, you know, um, where no one has to go outside. All of this can happen with a with a hard barrier, if you will, between the individual installing it and the slab edge, uh, oh, wow. and so. Uh, uh, and there's a few different versions of that, and um, you know that's we see as a uh, something that we've been talking about for a long time in the industry, and uh, I'm sure <laughs> we're not the only people trying to figure this out. Clearly, uh, but really getting groups of people together and trying to solve this, right? Solve these um, immediate things, and so uh, um, it could be an app. It can also be a physical you know, structure, like yeah, the structure that, or that. Uh, takes place and um, part of that will roll into, you know, where will it end, right? I mean, CLT, like that's not, it's there, but okay, so what else can we do to uh, to try to, you know, innovate and try to use our, uh, the teams? And so, uh, yeah, they will fund it, they'll come up, they'll group and say, Here, here's so many dollars, go see if you can uh, build this. And, and these are uh, just people that are supers, project managers, estimators? Yep whatever working at Lund lease correct there if they've got the idea that kind of passes an initial group threshold is it or like yeah i mean just uh, you know come up with an idea it goes to that group they you know have a little package to put together it can be a video it can be you know uh whichever you know whatever, whatever form it could be at the hack idea uh, idea hackathon yeah um but um uh, that's and it's like, does this fit into what we what we're looking for? Hmm. Um, and uh, so it's it, it is it is interesting, and it's to whomever, right? I mean, it doesn't uh, there's another like moisture um, sensing, you know, technology. You know, there's some stuff out there, but what can we put into the walls? Can we put something in to know? All right, we've got a problem. You know, something hmm. is leaking in the building. You might not see it. You know, the, these are the kind of things that is this does this pay off, right? Yeah. I don't. I, we don't know, but um, you know, have you gotten any? Are you have, has there been progress on that? Because I've know of a couple people trying to figure out that. Um, a, a person on our team is working on it. Is working on it. There were. Uh, I think they might come out in early here to Clippership and test something out and uh, see if it works. So we. 
it's all about timing, right? At the end right. of the day, so there's. I think it might be being uh, tested down in New York right now, but uh, they want to try it a few different places. And once again, there's some money involved, and <laughs> they pay for it and see if it see if it works and what can we do to improve it. And so uh, they're usually pretty clunky when they start, and they and as, as time goes on, like a VCR, it was giant, and now now it's irrelevant, right? It's, it's right. by the wayside. So we'll find the next technology uh, in 20 years that makes it even better than what we're already doing, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the common thing, right? Yeah. It's like the first one is, you know, a box with electrical tape on it and whatever, and then slowly it becomes sleek and innovative. And um, but okay, yeah, I'm keep, keep me posted on that because uh, absolutely, I would love to see if you guys make progress because it's it's an issue. It's an issue across the industry that moisture is a big problem, yes. mold issues. Like it, it's a challenge that I know companies are, are really struggling with and would love to get some data that could help solve that problem you're absolutely and so uh we're, you know we, we've all got to get smarter as an industry right and so mm. uh i was watching something this morning and you know how for the most part different construction we're doing is innovative right i mean buildings have changed right mm. they're not we're not all still building single story houses i think things change and you look at how complicated buildings have gotten today um in high-rise world and people say that we're not innovative in this industry right well yeah. clearly we had to get innovative to build some of these things that that, that have been built in the world uh, sometimes it is still just pure <laughs> brute force brute force to, yeah. to get things done but so now at least when lease, I'm sure, you know, for us, we're clearly trying to push that, the technology side of it, right? I mean, this is, this has got to be it, right? I mean, we never leave without our phones or iPads, you know, and mm. so how do, how do we improve this? And you can see a lot of improvement on the job site. I mean, you walk a, a lot of jobs as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when was the last time we saw a set of plans, right? Like, rarely. Uh, in true construction, uh, yeah. it's now happening on the iPad or on the tablet or whatever the, the workers are using. And, um, so it's like, how do we get, get this information? You know, what, what else do we need? Do we need to have, uh, you know, sensors in, in all these places? And yeah, maybe we do. Do we need mm. to design it better? You know, um, like I was saying earlier, like uh, we've got a full group trying to figure out, you know, how to, how, how to take a design, put parameters in, come up with 50 designs overnight, right? A computer mm. can, can do that. Come up with thousands of, of ideas and then figure out, you know, put a cost to it and... Um, yeah. I wonder how much um, that takes in good or bad or, or indifferent. Like, if that, as that technology progresses, like, what does that do to an estimator? Right? It commoditizes. Like, they've just become, well, no, not even a commodity. It's, a, it's been, it becomes commuter, computerized, right? Correct. Someone, you know, but. You know, as we look at it, there's going to be robots out there, right? Someday there's going to be robots. You'll built. still need somebody. Opponents, like they're building it in a factory now and they send them out, right? I mean, right. there's, there's uh, automation yeah. to, to all of that. It's still just information that's going to help you make a better decision, right? As, right. as an owner, you're, you know, time is money and uh, <laughs> money isn't free, right? So um, can you make the best decision for what's best for the consumer um, instead of, getting five ideas you know now you've got five thousand now we've got to figure out which you know what what really is the best decision uh, mm. for you know for the job for the situation you know? yeah yeah and that just is like everything though right which is 
um, you still need that with technology, I should say. Like, you still need that person or people to make the final decision on the information that's given. But that legwork piece, right, where you might have needed a team of people collecting numbers and data mm-hmm. and doing spreadsheets, now it goes from five people to to one person, right? I mean, yeah. I, like, I, that's why I said good, bad, or indifferent. But, I don't... I, but we all always come more when I... But the manpower issue, right? We know that we have a we have a manpower issue in this industry, in lots yeah. of industries. Don't yep. get me wrong, mm. but we, we talk about it heavily in, in construction. Um, do we have what's our biggest asset? Is our labor, and what don't mm-hmm. we have is labor? And so, okay, well, <laughs> we've got to maneuver this in, in a way that you know, yet one person is able to do it, but. You know, what were the other four? We didn't have the other four people to, you know, yeah. to, to begin with. Or uh, yeah. Oh, I'm definitely not saying it's a bad thing. I, I'm just saying I, I think it's... I only mention it because I think there are enough people and businesses that have the opinion that the change is not going to come to construction. Mm-hmm. Or that the change right. is going to come, but it's not going to be drastic like everywhere else because we're still doing something different. I think we're fools... If we don't think ten years from now our companies and our businesses and the way we build buildings looks drastically different, we have to. We have to think like that. Yeah. Like, and we've got to be on the. I mean, I know Len Lee's. We 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 have to be on the forefront of that. That's just who we believe that we are, and you know the time and effort and energy and everything that goes into it. That mm. um, we're <laughs> we're thinking ten years ahead, and mm. uh, why shouldn't we? Right. I mean. Yeah. Um, why shouldn't everyone? Think like that. Uh, which which way would you yeah. rather be? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, our future like potentially looks much more modular, right? Stuff built in a factory, stuff built faster with less people, less estimators, less. I mean, what I think it's like a six or eight person crew that yes. builds a mass timber building. Correct. That's it. Yep. A crane operator and a handful of carpenters. Yep. Trucks it, pulling up every day. And- and that's it. Offloading and yeah. putting it up. Yeah. Right. Put the um, railings on and keep going. So now this is just me selfishly. Um, so you've done some cool buildings in New York. Complete hard right right turn. So downtown, was it mostly, I'm, I know nothing about New York, Manhattan or what was yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So what were some of the projects you've built? And an odd story is, a good friend of mine from college, uh, a fellow Wentworth grad, and like it, uh, it's like you say friend in college, but there are certain people that you were like good. He was one of like four people that I was very good friends with. Time goes on, he went up back to Long Island, and I don't get to talk to him and see him that much. Um, Mark Labrado, if anyone's wondering. Um, so you worked with Mark. Um, yeah, my my uh, first first job, well, with uh, Bovis. Uh, I sat next to Mark. Like Mark was uh, um, probably PM, PM one something. Uh, I had been in the business for a while, um, not with Lendley's clearly, um, and uh, yeah, we built uh, Gramercy Park Hotel together. I was in charge of the hotel. He was in charge of the condo, uh, um, two building renovation. Hmm. 
plus a new new build and so yeah mark and i became fast friends and it was always so you know, however many years later uh mm. that was 50 over 15 years ago uh so uh you and i meet and you're like do you know mark o'ron i'm like of course <laughs> but, um so uh anyway got you guys in touch so that yeah. was that, yeah, that, that was that's great good. talked to him for about um, an hour at that time it was wild um, and so uh mark is now uh project exec on moma uh which is a pretty impressive building uh in midtown um, what's really, I know there was no question in there, but, um, I'm just kind of curious. I know building in different places is different. I mean, and I know you're here for the long run now you've moved your family up and everything. Um, but you know, how is it different building in New York? I mean, I know obviously things are bigger. Like what were the, what were we talking for stories of these buildings that you were building? Uh, anywhere from 20 to 50. Right. Mm. And so. We're now known as the super tall experts in New York. I, I, I've been in an 80-story building, but I've never built an 80-story yeah. or a 100-story. Isn't building. Mark on a 100-story one right now? Yeah, Mark has done yeah. a few uh, super talls at this point. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's Everything still goes together the same way. There's a sense of urgency that's different mm. in New York than there is here. Concrete uh, is the only form of resi construction that is done in New York from mm-hmm. on high rise. Um, you guys do a lot of steel here, mm-hmm. uh, changing a little bit um, into concrete. Uh, obviously, Millennium and a few other people still do concrete here. But, uh, you know, the vertical mentality, I mean, that's really, you know, how I, <laughs> my first 15, you know, 14, 13 years was how, how to get up, right? Yeah. Here, I'm, I'm moving out and uh, not really up too much. And so it's a, you know, 10,000 square foot plate, 12,000 square foot plate is a, you know, pretty economical size plate. You get larger now, you've, you know, you've blown numbers, you can't make a three-day cycle mm-hmm. um, just because of the, you know, the area that you have to pour. Yeah. And so... Um, if, and just because there's a lot of, like, students that listen to this and things, too. So you're talking a three-day cycle, which is to set the forms, pour... For, set the forms, place rebar, all box outs, pour... That next, that same day you're pouring, you're you're setting up formwork on the back as you're, or, you know, whatever direction you're moving. But you know, set up the the formwork. Uh, we're try, we're not. New York is not really a core first city, right? You okay. see them around the the country where the core. And here, obviously, because yep. here with you, know, you guys go, uh, people go with the core, and then the steel ties into it. Uh, that's a a safe economic way of doing it. It's not how it's been done in New York. Mm. Uh, doesn't mean that. But we're trying to uh, get to that because we believe that that's a safer uh, way of going about it. Um, because your your core is always the day ahead of the yep. floor, obviously. So um, uh, three day cycle, uh, and as you get into these some of these super talls, four days. But you're talking there's a lot of money in every day that you hmm. spend not pouring a floor. Um, and now, how about logistics? Site logistics wise, is it? It's probably obviously a little maybe more challenging. Do, is, do they have restrictions on? time of day you can do things that they like what's the in that yeah really all dense... zero lot line uh work um there's no lay down so zero lot line you know the hours are the same um what happens in new york is the moratoriums uh, you know winter moratoriums holiday mm-hmm. moratoriums are obviously <laughs> everything is <laughs> is are in those so that's that's a, something you've got to plan through uh and then you just work with the city to get after hours permits, um, uh, depending on the area, you know, once again, weekend permits are eight to, you know, eight to four or whatever. It's mm-hmm. not, um, 
But it's the logistics and it's the amount of people, right? I mean, it's really just how do you get people through around uh, a project site safely? Mm. Um, yeah. And how do you get all the trucks and, you know, the concrete? And, you know, once again, we have the same rules as far as how, you know, how, how much how much time can pass from when the concrete is put into the truck that it's sitting on the, on the, on the deck on, on the 40th floor. Right. Yeah. So that's actually something that's changed a lot. A lot more was pumped now, um, you know, than, um, than not, mm. uh, and you know, high strength concrete. I mean, you go and we could, you go into hours of conversation about, uh, how to get concrete to, uh, the 80th floor of a building. <laughs> yeah, no, that, like that vertical nature is, you know, we do it here, just not to that extent. And less people have had the opportunity to really kind of go after that vertical type work. And I think, um, and the reason I ask you is because once you start really getting up there, I mean, like I understand what it was like to do 40 stories, mm-hmm. but just getting people up and down the building is a, a challenge. And get, getting trash out and people in and out yeah. is, you know, couldn't have you pulling out your, your hair, right? Like, so that's why I wonder, have you guys gotten any better at it just because you do it so much and the towers are yeah, so tall? Or Everyone has gotten smarter, uh, to be honest. The, the subcontractors, everyone I know, at, uh, at least MoMA, they ended up, you know, some of these were putting facilities, you know, <laughs> break facilities halfway up so they don't you don't have to come all the way down to, to mm-hmm. go get lunch, things like that, because you're literally... You know, these are the people that are getting the job done, right? It's not happening because of robots yet. It's still still uh, manpower that, that's getting this done. So how do you get people to work? Hmm. Um, you know, some of these, they've developed an inside hoist that can go in your shaft while you're, because we get winded hmm. out, right? Yeah. To get people oh, to work. Oh, because it gets that tall. Yep. To get people to work, you have to have the hoist to, to get them there. They can only walk six floors, all these components. So now hmm. how, how have we, so some excuse me, someone was innovative to get a hoist in a shaft so we don't have to worry about being winded out. Mm. It's not as economical as the outside hoist, clearly, but mm-hmm. uh, something to help with, with that movement of people, right? Mm. We have traffic here in Boston. We have traffic okay. on a job site, too, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of lessons learned in, um, in the last, I guess it's been 10 years now, has um, really changed. Because 10 years ago, you would have said, at least in New York, and you know, it's a sixty-story building. People would have like gone, "What?" Like we, mm. <laughs> there, there's twenty of those, and we, <laughs> those were done. Now, there's twenty of them going on that are nine hundred feet and over, right? And so mm. now it's it's changed drastically uh, mm. in what in what the norm is, right? Uh, and so uh, yeah, costs go up, but um, yeah. so yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, and the teams that keep going the concrete. Um, vendors, I mean, they're using GPS now because there's no way for them to serve a, <laughs> to get line. You know, wow. they ha- they had to get smart too, right? And hmm. so 432 uh, was an interesting. You know, it was uh, I don't know if you've been out in Europe, but it, just a sheer wall all the way up, if you will, hmm. punch windows, and so they you know carried behind you know thing, put the windows on as as it went up, right? And so because wow. um, that was you know, we had to figure out some way to do it and. Uh, uh, Cranes are you know, still swinging. Uh, yeah, and then what is what's what do they do for just like the wind load getting so intense when you get that high? Is it a different type of construction? Or I know you haven't been working on them, but just well, for, having been down once there, it's done like two mass damper. Yeah, like do you? Yeah, yes. that, that's like an option. Oh, is that pretty much the standard? Uh, that or water. Uh, 
water okay. tank, you know, yep. the uh, baffle tanks uh, to uh, slosh tanks to uh, slow it down. So slosh, slosh, slosh tanks are the most inexpensive version mm-hmm. of it, and they, uh, obviously they, they work, and then you get into where you've got multiple tune-mass dampers. You're talking about millions of pounds of weight. Um that you've got to get to the top of the building as well. Here's another, yeah, that's true. you know, another. I didn't think another, of that. Uh, so just for people listening, it's basically a giant. I think we have one at either the Prue or the Hancock, but um, it's a giant counterweight essentially. That so when the wind blows one way, the thing shifts the other way to just balance it out. Correct to slow the the moment. Yeah, so you don't end up people having people getting sick in the building and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and probably the stress on the too much movement in the building is probably not great. Correct. It's 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 actually for the people, for the, for their for them, right? Yeah. The building will be able to, to go back and forth, right? We build it without it, and so yeah. Um, but the you know the easiest place to see it is in a cup sitting on your table or toilet bowl, right? That's where you see water sitting, not, right? Yeah, it would, would appear it's, to not be level, right? It, well, it would be it would move, right? Okay. In a building that doesn't have it, you you actually see the water move in your toilet bowl. Oh wow! And so it's I know, huh. bizarre, but uh, it is bizarre. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, slosh tanks is, um, but another, you know, now you're talking about something you want to be waterproof, you're building out of concrete, then you got to stress. <laughs> like, and so mastering the art of, uh, you know, building a slosh tank is, a, is another uh, concept yeah. and how can you, uh, you know. And at least you, I'm assuming you build a shell and then you fill it with the water, uh, but when you, yeah. yeah, when you have the weight. Like, you, you bringing it up in pieces up the elevator or? Yeah, uh, correct. Yeah, yeah correct. So. Um, but I mean, it's not a whole solid mass, right? You no, have to be sections, correct. right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes concrete. Sometimes it's just. Oh really? Big, okay. Yeah. Just big concrete. <laughs> so, yeah, big concrete blocks, just like. Uh, so uh, there's multiple different f- forms of that. Um, in you know, 432 has passed through, as you'll see it on tall buildings, where you've got areas where you're like you're looking through it. Well, it's because the wind goes through it, so that hmm. um, helps with the. Yeah. Have you ever seen those Taylor devices? The the company's Taylor devices. They look like basically giant shocks that you would have in a car, but for, they're for the building. We've done it for vibration isolation along uh, subways, okay. uh, where you you big steel with a rubber and you pour the the column into it. Um, that's what. If I don't know if that's yeah. This thing looks more like a. Um, I think it's hydraulic fluid in there, and it looks like uh-huh. kind of like a shock on a car and it basically so when the building moves it's it's where you would typically have a cross brace okay right but it it it's like a y shape and it has it allows for the building to move but it just causes it to move more slowly because okay. it gives so like same, same some, concept clearly yeah resistance um, but no i should geez i would love to get somebody that's on the super tall just to talk to them about you know, I, I, I need to call him, you know, because think of like that would be the challenge, right? It's hard enough getting somebody up 40 stories. What if you're getting them up 80 or 100? Like, yeah. I mean, there's... look up uh, if you haven't looked up, look up MoMA. Um, it's literally was built on top of the museum um, that has uh, got a pretty interesting life to it. Uh, mm. You got steel and concrete connections because the. You look it up, but it's mm. uh, it's a pretty uh, impressive uh, project where you've got columns running in all different directions. It's not just straight up and down. They, the design element into it is to have the columns, you know, going at different angles as an exoskeleton of the of the building. It's pretty, oh wow! Uh, it's it's pretty cool. 
And is that to allow for kind of movement, or is it just straight architecture? I, I believe it's just straight architecture, yeah. but, you know. Uh, and you, and that's what they're doing on MoMA? Yeah, yeah. You can. It's done now. I mean, okay. well, the, the structure's done now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, where you've got you know, what could be CLT connections. <laughs> you got steel connections, uh, and then you're pouring the columns into it to make these connections because there's such crazy angles and mm. uh, uh, geometry of it. Well, uh, actually, have you seen um, Speedcore? It got used in Rainier Tower, I think it's called, or Rainier Square, and um, it was an 850-foot building. And what it is is, so how you were talking about we have core construction, right? Core first, yeah. Yeah. Um, instead of having the core being formed rebar cast in place going up it is steel i, I saw this yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. with the with the pins in it like shear studs yeah, yeah shear it had some shear studs so no true rebar in there uh -huh. like you have they're connected and then there's some shear studs this is very this could be the same manufacturer i'm not sure but the same kind of thing and then those uh, column yeah. connections to the slabs and where i kind of went to it and I, the reason i'm bringing it up because you mentioned having like mass timber tie into concrete into steel or whatever you could, I could see it really making sense where the t under the 2021 code, you still need the core out of steel or concrete. Um, so I could see them building speed core because they reduced, I want to say it was either 30 or 40% time okay. versus, and it makes sense, right? Form it, put mm. the rebar in and pour it. You set these things and then you just pour them and walk away. You don't strip them. And the other nice thing is you, you know how sometimes when you, if you have steel, when you're doing the core walls, you have to embed plates so the steel connection can happen. Of course. It's, it's, it's there, right? part of that panel, right? So you could have all the connections, let the mass timber tie into the speed core yeah. and just go. Because that also lends to the fact that it's kind of more modular, which works better with mass timber, right? So yeah. you're, you're, you're keeping that speed. You're not having the concrete slow you down. Um, I think there's a lot of lot of promise. The other interesting thing with that speed core is it's not proprietary, so no one has a patent on it. How's that even possible? I don't know if uh, I, I saw American Institute of Steel Construction kind of touted a lot, so I don't know if they created it okay. and say, okay, hey, here's what you can do. So any Someone steel manufacturer, Cervez, whoever, can just build it. And I guess to some degree, nobody owns. An I beam, correct? Right. It's well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? So um, it's it's not proprietary. You could it just gets designed, and you could design speed core, tie mass timber into it. It's um, it, it seemed like the Rainier Square one. That building was not gonna go because financially it didn't work out. Okay. Did pencil. Yep. They went back to the designer and said. We're not talking VE, like change the light fixtures. Mm -hmm. We need a substantial change here. They said, we could do this thing, which is speed core. Now, that's unique, right? Where mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to reduce cost by using something we've never used before. Usually that is more risky and more expensive. Correct. But it ended up making it pencil out. And uh, so that's just a, that's another one to, to maybe look into. That's absolutely. Um, so I usually ask the last question, and I usually tell people ahead of time that I ask it, and I didn't. So we're going to super throw you on the spot. Okay. So I'll edit this out if it's horrible. All right. But um, I usually ask, over the next 
you know, 12 to 24 months, maybe it's five years. It, it's, this, isn't a, this, isn't a, this isn't real. Um, what do you think we're going to see more of or what do you think we're going to see less of? Super on the spot. No, you, can go, you, can go, you can go either order. You can do one or the other. Um, you know, I hope I hope we figure out a panelized system for low rise, right? Um, I, there's just got to be a, a better way of, of going about a facade installation on low rise, high rises. For high-rise, the facade installation is going to be the same. How do we do it safer? Like, you know, I was talking about earlier with the innovation of cables mm-hmm. and um, keeping keeping everything inside the building. Um, I definitely think that there's going to be an innovation. There's got, you know, the innovation is what's going to change, you know, uh, digital twin building, right? Solve all, the, solve all the problems in a computer, you know, five months before you're, you're doing it takes away the risk you know we, we as a company lend lease is looking at hard at that because we can diffuse some of the risk that we're taking for for our uh, our percentage right? right so and you have it on both sides right so correct because if you're if it is the development and the building you're correct we've, we've absolutely reduced uh, reduced it but if we there's a way uh, and that's a combination that's not just like you need the architect and you need everyone to be involved in that in that uh, digital twin um, because it's there right mm-hmm. I mean the, people have been building things on a computer for but now we're literally you know everything in this room has been you know figured out how, how is it built up oh, you're gonna have a problem in that corner that pipe doesn't fit in the wall all mm-hmm. these things that this takes BIM to the next to level the, to the next yeah uh, to the next level I want to let you finish your thought but for people that um, might not be familiar with the term when you say digital twin you mean what physically building a building in a computer world before it's built in the real world, right? Uh, and so going through the process of all of these things, um, every aspect of what's behind the walls to the floor, to you know everything in the computer world um, before we do it in the in real, real world. world. Uh, and using the same technique, using the same thought process in the computer that we're actually going to use in the field. It's not just, you know, it lands on the floor and it, it goes up, yeah, right? How is, do we get it here, right? Yeah. All these parts. So are you, tie, you're tie, are you guys tying it to the schedule? Yes, it'll get tied to time and, and money, cost. right? Yeah. Um, but that goes that even goes back to what's the most, all these things, what's the most efficient design, right? And mm. so you got 5,000 choices, what's it? And so this that's part of the parameters to figure out Okay, and it's got to be done in thirty months. Uh, what's the foundation? You know, et cetera, mm. et cetera. All, all of that. Um, so that's interesting. So you ta- So I didn't think about it that way, right? So you talked about AI or machine learning or however, whatever the right term is for it. Thinking about a um, hundred different, thousands of different ways to design a structure, and the cost associated with that on an estimate, right? Mm-hmm. But you could also then filter it by, okay, need a start date of X. And then it's smart enough to know, all right, well, we can't get the material that quick enough for the uh, caissons. Okay, that one doesn't work. We need to be finished by such and such a date. You could 
put in all these parameters and then just filter out all those designs and say, okay, yeah, that gets me the ceiling heights I need and the look I'm looking for, but it doesn't work for the time or it doesn't work. Because they still have to sell, yeah, because they still have to sell the units, right? Mm. So you got to, this isn't, you know, we're talking about construction, but in reality, all this stuff goes into what... The person's going to live there or work yeah. there or, or build a you know heart valve or whatever they, whatever mm. it is they might do. And you look at the life science world, they're, they're on it oh, yeah. to, to an extreme, like right? Like mega skids. And, so, and, all kind of, yeah. and, and that's happened over the last however long it started this. And now it's, you know, whole rooms of, of this. And so why can't we figure out how to do apartment houses and, yeah. you know. See, uh, so I, I'm going to paraphrase what you said, but... So you kind of see slash hope that we can almost take high rise like production and panelization and smart way to build on on the large scale when we need to do it fast and repeatable. Mm-hmm. Like let's take that and apply it to a low rise residential or low rise whatever and say like there's no reason we should be, you know, still stick building and sheathing and hand waterproofing and all these putting things windows. we have the ability to do it right we should be mm-hmm. able to be able to do it for the same cost because we're doing way more of the, <laughs> throughout the company through the country i mean not necessarily lend lease by any stretch but yeah. you know why can't we use the same technology in iowa that we're using here to do something safer mm. faster cheaper right and so yeah. um you know that's really where it falls down to and and for the long run, right? We build these buildings for, for not for next three weeks, for yeah. decades and decades. And so, uh, if we can solve the problems in water infiltration, like we should be able to figure this out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very good point because I never haven't spent the time to really think about it. I know that I'm not really a fan of the a lot of the podium low-rise condos that are going up everywhere some mm-hmm. of them are done nicely but a lot of times it's i'm like oh if i see another one of those like you know like i'm not impressed um but if you watch that being built it looks like a lot like a single family being built yeah right and we're building enough of them and they're decent enough size that yeah we it, it should look more like a high-rise going together than a single family I would think. I, I, right. I, I agree. And, and you dig into it and there's definitely parts and it depends on who's building and where it's building mm. and being built. And, um, but yeah, it's definitely, you would think that we should be able to do this. Uh, um, I mean, I, I don't like the word smarter, but you know, in mm. the end of the day, it's how can we do this without, with less injuries and less costs and, and, and that, that's just gotta be everyone's mentality. Yeah. Um, if, if you look at, just reducing man hours on site means less people are going to die and less people are going to be injured. <laughs> well, I certainly hope so, uh, right? You know, yeah. some of the stuff is moving out of, like, so some injuries are going to happen because it's going to happen in a warehouse somewhere or a, right. like, a factory. But if you're talking about at, at height, you know, things things that only happen because you're on the 30th floor or something, yep. you know, or the 6th floor for that matter. Um, but yes, that was... Yeah. But if you look at, I would have to imagine, if you look at percentage of inju- injuries on in a fixed factory floor where things are repeatable versus a job site where you're dealing with temp- wet, temperature, yeah. both hot and cold, mm-hmm. ice, heights, 
maybe poor lighting because you know some bulbs are out an electrician has a stringer that they put up a wall and now it's dark on the other like there's so many more variables that are on a construction site that make it much more unsafe than and we do our best to mitigate that but in a factory setting those go way down in, in, in theory yes and yeah. probably in practicality yeah like i said i do as well forgive me uh, i don't really know at some numbers, point time but... it turns into a machine doing it I, you know if it's yep. re- totally re- repeatable operation mm. um so it's it, you know it's got to be because costs have to you know we've got to figure out things don't get built because they don't pencil right and so yeah. uh, how do we do this where we can everyone's making out you know we're actually able to do it because that's what's going to happen in san francisco is it's too expensive to build. They can't build anything in mm. parts of San Francisco because you just can't make the money work. And right. That's the most expensive real estate you know market in the in the in the country. Mm. Uh, Boston being the third, I think, after New York. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's we need technology to solve that, yeah, right? And absolutely, we we believe as a company, maybe we're a decade too late. But this is, mm. I mean, that's where the the focus is is trying to we've got to do this out of out of technology because we. We've done it, right? We, we're building, you know, amazing buildings uh, as an industry, um, and now we've got to figure out how to do it through technology. Awesome. All right, that's great. One last thing. Uh, it'll be a quick one. Um, I remember you brought it up, and I sh- probably should have made it part of our discussion, but that Google City that they're building, you guys are part of that. Yes. Um, it's like three neighborhoods in San Jose uh, area uh, owned by Google. We are the... Uh, development partner with them don't they want to do mass timber there too for some of it we're looking at everything because we're talking about significant (laughs) significant projects Hmm. all happening at the same time uh all happening in the same area and so as far as you know all the things that you know that we we've talked about here uh the company is looking at at uh at a mass scale uh because we have to um, and so that will take because it's you know it's neighborhoods it's not just a building a building yeah everything that goes into infrastructure living, and yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and so it's um, hmm. neighborhoods for for Google yeah uh, if at some point there's anybody that can talk about that um, whether it's you doing some homework um, or if there's somebody at Lundlease that um has some knowledge about it. I'd love to talk to them. There's, I think there's, people. There's be... a team of people <laughs> that live in San Jose. <laughs> I mean, you can absolutely. Uh, uh, one of the guys comes actually out here on occasion. Um, we can definitely. I, I think that would be great. Uh, they're uh, just the story behind it. I've heard it uh, a few times. It's fascinating. There was a yeah. lot of people that went after it. And, yeah. Uh, so no, I think people would be really fascinated because I mean, it's got everything right. You've got mass timber it's going to be like a crazy smart city and like just to know what that's going to look like creating a basically a town out of thin air right it's 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 pretty fascinating there's been a lot of effort that's been put into it by lots and lots of people Hmm. uh i i get it secondhand at uh, corporate meetings but uh it is uh it is pretty fascinating uh okay awesome yeah i'm dying to hear about that um greg Thank you. Uh, I know you've got a lot going on, and I appreciate you taking um, some time out to come here and talk about it. It's exciting what you guys have going on, and I'm excited to see what Len Lease is going to do over the next uh, couple of years. Absolutely. So am I. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
Hey everyone, can't thank you enough for listening to the show. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, hope you loved what you heard. Um, if you did, if you wouldn't mind heading over to SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever it is that you listen, and give us a rating. It would help us to get heard, which would be huge. Keep this thing going. Um, if you want to get more involved, head over to massconstruction.org. You can see what we do there. You can also connect with us on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, all from that page, whatever your medium is that you prefer. Uh, and last thing I got to say is thank you, thank you, thank you. We out, we out, we out.